Organizers are calling it a huge success tonight. Yesterday's flood relief concert has raised more than $1.5 million. But one sour note continues to spark outrage right now. The live broadcast had to end when Nickelback took the stage. CBC reporter Devin Rue spent the day tracking reaction to this story. Devin, you're once again live at McMahon Stadium. Uh, it was a star-studded evening that people there and across the country saw, except for one act if they were watching on TV. Yeah, Christina, 24 hours ago, McMahon Stadium behind me was filled to the rafters. This place was rocking, and of course, thousands of people tuned into their TVs across the country. I've heard from them today. They say they felt like they were right here. It was a perfect evening. Then the controversy, Nickelback took the stage. Jacob to America is presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on the wise field. 290 study on Alright everybody, welcome to episode 204 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host today, in the place to be Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is the brown recluse Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions, what the fuck is going on? I finally fixed this microphone and took me all Patreon episode to get this fixed. But let's get this fucking party started um, on a Saturday night. Um, you know that song? Yeah, by Pink. Anyways, um... <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory of. They got coffee. They got coffee. They got a lot of coffee, man. I just had some of their coffee right before I came over here. I was um, I was chilling with my mom, and my mom was like, "Do you want anything? You want some water?" And I was like, "You know what? Do you have any of that coffee?" Because I left a bunch of caveman coffee there, and she was like, "Yeah, I still have some caveman coffee." I was like, "Fuck yeah, let me get some of that decaf." To like keep my energy the exact same, but it tastes delicious. <laughs> um, check out their entire inventory of not only the coffee, but they also have the hibiscus tea. They have the nitro cold brews, which is also coffee, but it's better than drinking an energy drink. They have the cacao butter, co- co- cocoa butter. Some people call it cacao butter. Some people call it cocoa butter. But it adds a very nice flavor to your coffee. So if you're not drinking dairy, which I try not to drink, drink dairy because it gives me the poops and it gives me the farts. Um, but anyways, they also have hats, they got hoodies, they got pants, they got all kinds of things. And if you type in America at checkout, you will receive 15% off, which helps us, helps them. We appreciate it. They appreciate it. Take a picture of yourself wearing the hat. Take a picture of yourself drinking the coffee. Tag us, tag them. We appreciate it. They appreciate it. Yes. So with that said, everybody, make sure you check out our other sponsor, guys, the great, the powerful, the flavorful. Ellie Coteco Hot Sauce, guys, the kings of flavor since 1968. 
That is 50 plus years of Flavortown. And when I mean Flavortown, I mean the best hot sauce you will find anywhere. Freaking guarantee it, just like the men's warehouse. So, guys, just in case you cannot find El Yucateco on your shelves, it's probably because it's all sold out. Not because your local grocer does not carry it, but it's because it's all sold out. Everybody's been listening to Art and Jacob Do America, doing the Lord's work, and buying all the El Yucateco they can find, hoarding it like toilet paper during the coronavirus last year. By the way, guys, I just got my coronavirus shot. My arm hurts, so if you see me do this little chicken wing dance right here, it's because I'm trying to get feeling back in my arm. Uh, trying to work in that 5G chip. But anyways, guys, if you cannot find El Yucateco hot sauce on your shelves, guys, go to shopelyucateco.com, enter promo code DOAMERICA, and it'll save you 10% off of your entire purchase. You can buy sauce, you can buy shorts, you can buy an assortment of accoutrement. Big word right there. Um, words are hard, but... <laughs> Your wallet doesn't have to be hit hard when you go to shop shoplucateco.com and enter promo code DOAMERICA, one word. But guys, we are not here to talk about caveman coffee or El Yucateco all day. We are here to talk about the 2000s, music from the 2000s, yeah. bad music from the 2000s, Question mark. some good music from the yeah, 2000s. There you go. So this has been an episode that it's kind of been... Uh, like a snowball effect for like the last week. If you guys are subscribed to the Patreon, you know, we've been talking a lot about music from like the late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, and then later on and whatnot. And I just, it just felt right. Also too, we did have a topic picked out, but it was a pretty stressful, pretty stressful week for your boy. So I couldn't um, do um, some Dave Bowden research on the, topic we might do next and week. it was a short week honestly it was kind of hard to actually sit down and like i list i watched a uh 45 minute documentary on it and i was like damn i should have been taking notes <laughs> like but anyways we'll get you'll get that topic down the line yeah maybe next week or whatever we'll but it, but anyways um yeah i remember a couple of weeks ago i talked i think i was talking to you on the patreon duh um how i thought the year 2008 was like the worst musical year I've probably on well I've been alive I thought 2008 was like wow everything really crashed like there was mm-hmm. not a lot going on and I think a lot of and we'll get into like the specifics and bands and like songs of you know we'll we'll go into down we'll go down that rabbit hole in a minute but I really think that a lot of what happened here was the popularity of like new metal music in the early 2000s and really a lot of in all music really and like there was the Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera's of the pop world, the boy bands, like that all kind of went extinct mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. New metal kind of became a parody of itself and like started to cannibalize and disappear and everyone was, was evolving and changing. Like, you know, everyone that was like rapping all of a sudden, like, you know, Papa Roach was like rapping on their first <laughs> album and then their next album was like, we're going to go emo now. Yeah. Like, and then there was just like, you know, while the emo thing was really popular for a minute, like it was, you know, these emo screamo bands were really hopping for a while. By the year 2008, both of those things had been like done, like mm-hmm. very much both new metal and emo screamo, the pop punk thing had its like little blink in the sky, but it was all gone. And really there wasn't, you know, unless you were into like the indie, like things that were going on like the underground which i put some of those things in there with so like my good things that i thought were good going on around that time period um but for the most part there were a bunch of bullshit acts that were just popping up and i really think you know it all kind of like and it was always there but by the time 2008 hit it was just like 
dude, there's nothing here. Like I, I looked it up and I think it was like metal year or album, metal album of the year was like Slipknot with like their worst album mm-hmm. with All, Ho- All Hope Is Gone. That's like the shittiest Slipknot album. And that was I think m- I only like one song on that whole album. Yeah, I think we talked about like that album for a while where it was just like, I think the song Butcher Hook and then Cycle Social and like America are like the three songs there. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. And that's it. Uh, for me personally, that's, I'm not mm-hmm. speaking for Jacob, but and maybe Dead Memories is all right. It's all right. It was a single. Yeah, and it was just like everything else is just like, oh my god! Like Slipknot was viewed as like the, the next, next coming. Yeah, the next coming, and like I, I Metallica put out an album, which is just, a, just a, for me personally. Oops, uh, for me personally, it is a very forgettable Metallica album. Mm-hmm. Where it, it, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's Saint Anger, but at the same time, like I don't think it's. I think their newer album, the um, Hardwired to Self Destruct. I think really hits really hits home. Even though like they're older now, I would expect them to be a little more like like mundane or like maybe just playing everything by like whatever, like just cashing this one in. I actually think they did a better job in their most recent effort than they did back then. Now, I don't know if it was because like they were trying to like that's some of the sounds they were trying to do were just of the time. I don't I don't know what was going on there. But it was just not a good time period, and those are like the two albums that come to mind for like metal of of, yeah. of that album of that. And year. it's almost and it's almost like going to a buffet. And by the way, buffets are kind of disgusting. Yeah, they're gross. I'm kind of glad they're going extinct now. <laughs> but it's like I mean, if you go to like a really fancy like you know uh, Bellagio buffet in Las Vegas, you know where you get like prime rib and like juicy cuts of you know brisket and whatnot. And then you go to like a really shitty buffet where it's just like, well, here's some macaroni and cheese that's been laying around here for a while. And uh, there's some corn dogs and some and some chicken McNuggets that are shaped like dinosaurs. You know, and that's what it's kind of, it kind of feels like. This whole era of like, I want to say, let's just put a cap on like 2009. I feel like, you know, once 2010 hits, I feel like that's like when. I agree. Well, I think 2010 was kind of like, let's hit the reset. And the big thing to me is just like, you know, every era, like the '90s, you had your your heroes. You had your Kurt Cobain's. Mm-hmm. You had like so many of like like super iconic. You had your Trent Tupac. Reznor's, Tupac. You had so many things that were just like, whoa, whoa, that's amazing. That's that's happening. And, and then like, when you keep digging too, that's the thing about like the '90s music. When you keep digging, you find other heroes like Outkast. Like, oh yeah, you know. I mean, I was always been a fan of Outkast because like I would always like switch between like MTV and BET. And I remember, like, when Southern Playlist at Cadillac Music came out. I remember liking, you know, the videos that came out on that album. I remember when, like, Rosa Parks came out. Yeah, I mean, and that's, like, their third album, which is still, they're still considered, like, underground, quote-unquote. It wasn't until, like, Stankonia that they really hit. But it's just like, oh, shit, this whole time, Outkast has been one of the best rap groups um, in the entire genre of rap's history on the low. And then Andre 3000 on the low was like one of the top five rappers of all time, like without all the glamour and glitz that, you know, Biggie and Tupac get. But like with the 2000s, I feel like looking back, you know, during that 10-year period, you don't really get a lot of that. No, you don't. And I think a lot of that was because you had your your boy bands. Like you had, you had those things like leading the way in pop music, which was just like, overproduced like the max martin thing as much as i enjoy max martin like pop music was very like formulaic formulaic and then like you had like other pop acts that were 
coming up that were also just as bad. Like, do you remember the Pussycat dolls? Yeah. And like everything was just like things. Cut and paste. Yeah, everything was just like wishy-washy, like things that you can make on a on a MacBook Pro now. It was just like really bad music with like very filtered. Like the the best thing that happened to hip hop around that time period, and I I don't know if we're gonna agree on this, but I think Kanye West coming out and like Kanye West basically creating. I think his first album was even though it became like the staple of like what hip hop was going to sound for the next couple of years, I thought it was really bad. Like it's not, not a very creative effort, but he did push the envelope in a, in a different way. And I thought if it wasn't for Kanye West, and I'm not saying Kanye West is Tupac in any way, but I think really Kanye West was really the one bright spot hip hop had. Cause other than that, I was looking back at some of these things and like the big thing that was really popular was crunk music I don't know if you remember crunk music. But well, yeah, like Little John and the East Side Boys. Yeah, like, and, and like, there was a thing that, um, I think it's called like Chopped and Screwed or something like yeah, that. Yeah, where it's all slowed down, like yeah. sitting on full which is cool. It has its place, you oh, know, sometimes. Man. Dude, I don't know if you knew this, but Korn actually put out a Chopped yeah, and Screwed. Yeah, I know that, yeah. I, I bought it when it came out. Oh. See, like when bands like that do it, like, see, that's what, because if you listen to the Patreon, the overarching theme of these two episodes is authenticity and inauthenticity. But like when you chopped and screwed, like that's very much like a Houston thing. Like, you know, that whole like Paul wall and all that, like they're like sitting on full foes, like that shit. Like, like when it's from a genuine place, like the birthplace of where it started, it's not that bad. You know, it's not for me necessarily, but I can appreciate it from afar yeah. if it's from Houston. But like when corn, a very like redneckish fucking band from Bakersfield does it. It's inauthentic, which is funny you mentioned Corn because like they're the ones that get the ball rolling with this whole new metal thing. Yeah. And when I was going through my list of like, you know, songs from the 2000s, you're you're very much right. Like new metal started off the new millennium. Like that was like the it music as far as like rock was concerned, right? And it seemed like everybody was trying to be corn, which is cool, you know, like you know, yeah. like little fucking Bakersfield, like our band, our band that started in like nineteen eighty nine. Oh yeah, everyone was trying to be the next corn. Everybody was trying to be corn from you know Australia to South Africa to fucking you know Japan, South Korea. All these bands were trying to be corn, and sometimes it would work, like like Slipknot, you know, a band you know from Iowa, you know, two thousand some odd miles away, like they kind of hit it on the head. Deftones, you know, further up, you know, the California, um, you know, grapevine or whatever, they got it. But like something about a corn song, like, because I put it on my Apple Music, like, you know, the best hard rock songs from the 2000s, you'll hear like a, like a Papa Roach or a Breaking Benjamin or, you know, some other mushroom head or something like that. They'll, they'll do like a, a, a new metal song and it's just like, oh, it just doesn't hit as right. Maybe just new metal just sucks. But then corn, like a corn song will come, yeah, come yeah. on. A later corn song, like, you know, Twisted Transistor or something, you're like, oh, this is authentic. This is their genre. They this is they do it right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, you know, Applebee's or um, no, uh, who does the baby back ribs? Chili's baby back ribs. Chili's baby back ribs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean I think that um corn definitely did it right. And I think that for the most part, I mean, yeah, Slip Slipknot was kind of its own thing. Maybe at the beginning, he had a lot of that new metal element influence. Same thing with Deftones, like you know, Adrenaline, very new metal ish. 
But both of those bands kind of like splinter off and like very much become their own things. Yeah. The three bands that I always think of like new metal, new metal, like that three-headed demon would be like Corn, Linkin Park, and Limp Bizkit. Like those to me are like, like everyone was ripping off the whole like, let's have a DJ in our band and mm-hmm. let's have a dude that raps or like let's just have one guy rap and then one guy screams or like one guy's getting molested. Like you have to be like, you know, it fell into like one of those three categories where it was like, it was either like thoughtful new metal, which I guess that's where I would put like Lincoln Park where the, the dude would get all like emo and sensitive sometimes and, or, or like douchey, like fucking like Oildale guy, which is like the Limp Bizkit one or like Tortured Soul, which is like corn. Jonathan Davis. Yeah, Jonathan Davis, Tortured Soul. Or there'd be somebody that would try to blend them all into one and just yeah. become the whole fucking, the whole cornucopia. And like, that's when it becomes inauthentic. Like it's like, oh, you you're you're just copying and pasting like you say like with the pussy cat dolls and um one of those like bands that like you, you said it before we started recording probably caught it on the fucking facebook live was like papa roach oh yeah very yeah. much so like even to the point like their video like was like that cut my life into pieces like all these like kids that are like you know sad because their daddy didn't give them five dollars for allowance yeah. and now they want to slit their wrist kind of thing and then like they go from like rapping to like now they're like emo like good Charlotte and shit now. It's like so like oh okay you're just jumping you're a train you you jump on trains. So I put a list together of like bad songs from mm-hmm. that time period, and I put a Papa Roach song on there and the song was Scars not from that first rapping album because I don't think that that was them at their worst. But once they leave the whole like I'm a rapper thing, and now they're like, but I'm like emo now and like. I remember that time period just being like, what? These guys, I remember Papa Roach was one of the first bands I ever saw live open up for corn. Mm. And now they're like, they were all like, they all look like white guys trying to be cholos or something like that. Like <laughs> they were all wearing like Ben Davis. Do you remember that brand? Yeah. With the monkey. On yeah. It. And like they were all dressed like that with like slick back hair, like all this shit. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Like I, I see what you guys are going for. And then the next album, like now that like new metal is like not as cool. Like they're going for like this like like spiky hair like let me put some eyeliner on bullshit and then I like, remember like one of them like they had like that sideburn that like came down and it like had the tiger stripes in it and I was like what you like you were like you said you were a fucking cholo like a white cholo like yeah. an album ago like now and now you have like scene hair like it's so cringy yeah very cringy but I mean Papa Roach to me is like definitely one of those bands that I was like. This fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to skip around too much, but how do you want to do this? You want to just do you have a list or how do you I have mean, it structured? The way I did it, I just did my Apple Music and whatever song like ca- caught my eye. Like I wrote it down and then like, I just put the year on here. So like the first band, oh, okay, that kind of like in my opinion, like that fucking like really got like the cringe factor up for me was Creed. And oh, yeah, it, they yeah. kind of like bust because they were selling like millions of albums. I like, didn't put them on my list, but they're pretty bad. But like it was weird because like, they were like a faux like Pearl Jam. And it kind of felt like during this era too, like everything was like a callback to like a previous era. So it was either like a callback to like, you know, the hair metal era, a throwback to like, you know, the you know the thrash metal era or a throwback to like, you know, the alternative era, you know, the whole like, you know, Seattle grunge era. And that's like what Creed was. It was like, it seemed like it was like music for like 30 year olds who did, who couldn't let go that like 1992 had like come and gone. It felt to me, Creed has always been like that, like person that still wants to be like a rocker, but like never got in the pit. And like, 
is like all like they they when they go out to to the show like they put on their like vintage like fake vintage acdc shirt they bought at target kind of thing <laughs> to like show that they're rockers and they have like a spiky belt or whatever where it's like oh man i'm gonna maybe put my hair up in like spikes today kind of thing where it's like i'm gonna show them i'm a rocker and it's like it's so fucking bullshit <laughs> like that's what i think of like what a fucking creed show would be but like while we're on the topic of creed in that time period i did put one song on here that i thought was like you know very early in the decade but it's a uh, kid rocks american badass yeah which he samples a Metallica song, or it's like already like you're not gonna do it better than Metallica, so why are you doing this? Uh, <laughs> it's just a bad song. Like if you thought '90s Kid Rock with like his like bullshit era, whatever, like he was like Ball with the Ball, that's the name of that song. Like dude, Ball with the Ball is like fucking poetry compared to like American Badass. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know a goddamn song lyric from this time from that song, but when I looked it up. I, I don't even remember the music video until I looked it up a few days ago and it's like him watching TV and then like, I guess he shoots the TV, which is like a parody of something else. And it's just like, God damn, I hate you, Kid Rock. Like everything about I really this is feel, bullshit. I really feel like Kid Rock. So like we were talking about Corn, how like they ushered in like all the new metal. I really feel like Corn or not Corn, Kid Rock like ushers in like all this like redneck like rock. Yeah, or like Donald Trump rock. Yeah, pretty much. Where it's just like, but I'll call it more like redneck, like you know, trash, like trash pile rock or whatever. Oh, right? you mean like the people who vote for Donald Trump? <laughs> so like you get like bands like Three Doors Down, Puddle of Mud, like where you could tell us like it's damn, just. I didn't put Puddle of Mud on my list. God damn. And it's just like like it's like this like skinny like white dude like from the trailer park or whatever. I mean. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like you know legit like blues players and like country play you know country musicians that like come out of like those environments or whatever. But that's the music that's authentic to them. But it felt like you know a lot of these artists are just like, well, we gotta sound like Kid Rock, so we're gonna put a, put together like our best like you know Kid Rock's uh, Kid Rock like album or Kid Rock like song and mix a little bit of Creed in there and you know and it's just like it was so cringy because it became. It's so inauthentic, but it had such a stranglehold, like on that whole like redneck like radio, like yeah. You know what's funny? So I I put uh I, I put a Godsmack song on here, but do you remember when Godsmack had um the song Awake and it was like an army commercial? Yeah, he was like doom 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 doom. If you want to join the military, doom 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 doom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that to me is like the beginning of that whole like oh man, like that's like fucking playing kentucky at the fucking like i don't know join the military booth at this metal festival mm-hmm. like to me is that the military is a bunch of rockers now yeah i was like oh it's a God. free acdc shirt <laughs> yeah to me it's just like there was something about this time period even the movies that were coming out at that time period were like so garbage mm-hmm. like there's no way like the the marvel universe that's going on now would be available during that time period like <laughs> for example <laughs> the mummy the um the Scorpion King came out, mm-hmm. and on the Scorpion King, they had Godsmack had the "I Stand Alone" song on there, and I remember thinking like it's it's not a terrible song. It would just come on on Crab Radio once in in the, in the day or whatever, and I, for some reason I was still listening to Crab Radio at that time period. But man, that song got played into the fucking ground, and it was just like I just want to fucking kill myself with yeah. like. And I don't even think Godsmack in in general is that bad of a band. Like I I, I actually think that that Awake song is not bad. Like it's got a cool doom 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 doom, and I like voodoo a lot. 
I like when we did the episode yeah, about Voodoo. I don't Voodoo, think Voodoo is a bad song at all. I really like that. But it goes back to the authenticity versus inauthenticity because it's just like Voodoo, Skully Cerna is like very much into like Wicca and all that shit like that. So like he was very, like it was true to him. Yeah. So I was there for it. You know, it's just once you start trying to sound like, you know, what Slipknot was doing with like, you know, the subliminal verses. Cause there was a lot of that where it's just like, oh, they're doing that over here. Let me copy and paste That's it. That's why I feel like that I Stand Alone song was like, oh, these guys are trying to be like Metallica light. Like this could have been on the Black Album, like a B-side on the Black Album kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's like, this is not you. Like you were just like like fucking booty dude on a couple albums ago. Like I was just like I'm not having this shit. Even that one, doom, 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 which I don't think is a bad song. <laughs> <laughs> like like I don't think that's a bad song. But for the most part, I was like again, like come on, you guys are trying to be like Metallica light right now. And that's the big thing too. Like with. Um with rock music during this time period was just like, I feel like everybody was lost and which is fine. Like, you know, like inspiration wise, like, I I mean, cause I, I very much was playing guitar like every single day. I knew every single Metallica song by heart, like on guitar or whatever. So I understand. And then like trying to be in bands, like my biggest influence is Metallica. So uh, a lot of the stuff I'm going to write is going to sound like Metallica. But I'm in no shape or form like a true artist. Like I'm just like some kid that was going to college at this time. It was just like, you know, it'd be cool to do like on the weekend instead of like being sad at home is I'm going to start a band. And so like that was me. You know, that was the extent that that was going to go. But like if you're going to be an artist and out there, like I kind of I kind of like put like the Trent Reznor fucking test on you. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. Or the Snoop Dogg test on you where it's just like, OK, if you're going to call yourself an artist, like be an artist like Trent Reznor. Or if you're not an artist and you're just here for a good time, not, you're, you're not here for a long time, you're just here for a good time, then be like Snoop Dogg. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like, he's not necessarily an artist, but you have fun listening to him because he's having fun as well. Whereas it feels like, like even with the bands like that try to have fun, like there's like songs on here like, like she fucking hates me. Or like there's like... <laughs> like uh, this, also put a little song too, right? Yeah, and then like there's a, a song by Saliva where it's just like click click boom. Oh god, that <laughs> right right there, right next to the uh, <laughs> the Jaeger booth at the metal festival. Like, yeah, right, that's oh god. It seems like it's forced fun. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like S- Snoop Dogg during this time period. It's kind <laughs> if of you just, like click click boom, join the military and <laughs> drink a monster energy <laughs> drink. Um, Snoop Dogg during this time period has a song called Sexual Eruption or whatever, right? I do remember this. And it's the most ridiculous song. It's the most ridiculous video, but it's basically him, you know, in character as this like early 80s, like, you know, soul singer, you know, talking about how he wants to make this girl come. But that's very much Snoop Dogg, like where he's very much, he's he's comedic sometimes mm-hmm. and he's very much into like early 80s soul music. So the reason why that song is so fun and great to listen to is because that's really Snoop Dogg. That's who he is. Uh-huh. He's not He's not trying to be a gangster at fucking 47 years old. He's like, you know what? I'm past that. You know, I know I no longer sell crack and I'm no longer hanging out with, you know, Dr. Dre and Daz Dillinger and Warren G over here and shit. Like, I'm, I'm locked up at my house, you know, shooting b-ball in my backyard or whatever, my million-dollar mansion. You know what I like doing? I like getting high and singing the fucking soul song. So here's my own soul <laughs> song or whatever. But, like, when I hear, like, a song, like, click, click, boom, it's just like... I'm 45. Oh my god! Click, click, boom. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, there's so much bullshit. Um, I don't want to like. I have a bunch of that. That that type of music is uh, known as butt rock. Yeah. Which, um, 
If you don't know where that name comes from, it comes from like our local radio station, like Crab Radio or like Octane Radio. If you're a XM XM yeah, radio, right, yeah. but um, because they do that whole thing where it's like we play nothing but rock, and it's like <laughs> that's where that name comes from. Butt rock. Some people add a second T to that whole butt rock thing. I'm not sure why. I think it's just because For it's comic. funny. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean like, I mean yeah, it's terrible music. One so, one band that I put on here that is not but rock, but I just feel like just on that same world where it's just like garbage ass like like disposable music. And and I want to give some shout outs because I don't think like yeah we're not going to be totally negative this whole time. Yeah, at this same time period, even though I wasn't a a big like into the whole like emo thing or whatever, I actually thought like credible artists like I thought um. My chemical, my chemical Romance is a relatively credible artist. Dude, and I didn't think of that at the time. Like, I used to, like, dismiss shit like that because it it wasn't for me, right? Like, Because yeah. I, I consider them, like, pop, punk, slash emo or whatever. It didn't speak to me at that time. I'm over here, like, into fucking Pantera, like, fucking 10-minute solos and shit. And, like, that shit didn't speak to me. But when I put on my Apple Music and, like, that song, like, The Black Parade came on, I was like... He's talking about like his dad and stuff. It's a beautiful song, man. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, it's not for me, but I can appreciate the artistry in it. And I now I understand why everybody liked that shit. Because it was just like, oh wow, it's genuine to him. Yeah, you know? and I actually think that their um the three cheers for sweet revenge album that came out before that one was just like, damn, that's a really good album. Like this guy knows how to write a fucking catchy song with like really smart lyrics, mm-hmm. which is really hard to do. Like that's to me. And you look at him now and like what he's doing now, it's like the dude wrote the Umbrella Academy comics and now he's doing the Umbrella Academy show. And it's like, dude, this guy's like super fucking talented. This guy, I don't want to say like, eh, I'll say it. He's like Trent Reznor level of like creativity Come where on. it's like, he's doing a comic book and he's doing a show and he has My Chemical Romance. And it's just like, damn, that's like multitasking. And that's a really good show and a really good comic. It's not like he's putting out some fucking bullshit. stick figure bullshit where it's like, click, click. Boom. Like, have you seen, do you like the Umbrella Academy? I don't know it's if you pretty do. cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So like he's, I would say he's really talented and he's, yeah, he's not, he's no kid rock, but, but, <laughs> but like, yeah, he, he's really talented. But one band that was, you know, in that same world that I would say was not talented uh, is a band called Yellow Card, and Yellow Card, dude, yes, <laughs> and Yellow Card had a song called Ocean Avenue, where it is the fucking most stereotypical, like everything, of, yeah, everything I fucking hate about like that era of music is that song. Like, play, there's a place where we used to go and sit in. Some, I don't know how the song went, it's but whiny. I hate his voice. I hate everything. It, it, it everything about this fucking sucks. There's a violin player in this in the song in the band for some reason, who does nothing but like dance around and like prance playing his violin every like thirty seconds. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it's fucking garbage. Like so, real quick on this, I remember. Shout out to my cousin Keith, frequent oh, guest no. on this Was podcast. He a fan? Huge fan of shit like this. But your whole high school was like this. High, that was yeah. the difference between East High and Highland High. Which are like rival high schools. Oh, he was one of those kids. Yeah, we did go to high school together. And so, like East High was very much like new metal slash gangster rap slash. I mean, there was some you know pop punk kids or whatever, but they were very much like they hung out like on the outskirts of you know the the campus or whatever, right? But like East High was like more rugged and raw, and then like Highland was just like a lot of like yellow card bullshit. And so I remember like when I started to play guitar, like my cousin Keith, like that's when he started singing like in his band. 
And so he showed me like how to play like Ocean Avenue, literally like within two minutes, because like the easy is like dun, 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 dun. it was like literally like three <laughs> chords or whatever, right? It's like the what most whatever thing. And like the way he was like, describing it to me again, shout out to you, Keith. If this is what you like, no hate, but whatever. But the whole time I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, this is the most pussy ass shit like I've ever like. I'm over here like already five years deep like into like fucking west side connection like i'm already like you know practically hailing satan you know with venom and shit like low-key like hiding under my bed like and i'm like listening to like this ocean avenue bullshit which is like literally like it's if white privilege if white white privilege had a fucking soundtrack it would be fucking (laughs) yellow card that's the difference like black parade is like like the pure like wow this guy really cared about the song really put it together ocean avenue is just kind of like the bootleg like this is some bullshit some like shitty like band put together really quickly with like a shitty guitar riff with an annoying ass voice yeah there's a difference here there's levels to this shit people there is and like that's that's one of the big differences and Um, neither one of them are necessarily my shit but i can sit back you know as a music aficionado i guess you could say or just mm -hmm. as a 36 year old person to be like Oh, that's the difference between like a yellow card and a fucking like My Chemical Ram- Romance, where it's just like one's art and one is like basically it's just like eating like sugar right out of the package. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like to point out this next band. Um, I actually saw this next band live and they were one of the most boring bands I ever saw live. But even prior to me seeing them live, this is how you know they're bad. My senior year of high school, they had an anti drug thing, like crew come to our school and perform like little skits and in between the skits they would play songs and one of the songs was like was an anti-drug like i don't even know how it it was anti-drug at all but uh it was evanescence and the song is bring me to life i'm so glad you brought up evanescence because i was like my fucking god we need to bring this up now i want to say this before like you launch into what you're about to say go for it evanescence the band sucks yeah but amy lee the singer she's actually a good singer it's just she doesn't belong in like in the band like that. Like I mean, yeah, I understand chick. Like you probably you really like the nightmare because she was very much like the hot topic chick. Like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like her appeal. But like she belongs like seeing like operas and shit or like maybe moving into like the Celine Dion like you know uh, high octave like territories. But being like in a, like a fucking I guess new metalish band, you don't really be- that's not really your lane. Like that to go back to the whole theme of this episode authenticity versus you know inauthenticity like it's mixing oil and water right there great singer and i actually like that one song she does um that i'm broken song or whatever it's like a ballad or whatever i actually think like that's a really beautiful song or no like i'm broken but um it's another song but it's like a ballad song where it's just her singing and like Mm -hmm. there's no it's her singing and playing piano i'm like oh that's really beautiful and she has a moment too like on that live unplugged corn yeah with corn on it they do um Freaking Alicia together. Very beautiful singer. But the band fucking sucks. Yeah. One of the things that needs to be pointed out about that band is their record company very much wanted them to be the next Linkin Park. Like, let's do Linkin Park, but with a female singer in it. Mm-hmm. And that, that song, Bring Me to Life, where it's like, wake me up. They originally wanted the um, Mike, uh, Shinoda. Mike Shinoda to do that part. And so, like, they, it was already, like, super formulaic where it was like, oh, and then you'll rap, like, Mike Shinoda will come out, and it'll be very much like Linkin Park, but with the girl, like a hot girl. We'll put her in the band, and, like, and like it's not it's not a very organic band at all. And you feel that right away. It's just, like, 
it's so cringy and i it didn't even hit me how level of cringe it gotten i remember that time period from high school where they brought him in and they play that song they came to highland no not evanescence but it was like some like anti-drug like crew and they would play little songs and that was one of the songs they played um but um it was an episode of the office where michael scott was about to leave and (laughs) and um Will Ferrell was going to become the new boss and he has like this whole thing where he's like juggling invisible balls because he couldn't find the balls that he normally juggles. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hit the music! And it was that Evanescence song. And that's when it hit me. Like, this song is like cringy as fuck. This song is like, embodies that like era of like, okay, so new metal is gone and like this is the new thing that is just like, let's just create disposable music to put out there like back to back to back to back. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first acts that like really embodied that whole thing where it was like, oh, this is disposable. This is not going to be around. And they're not. They're not. That was like their big hit. And like, yeah. And the song I was thinking about is called My Immortal or whatever. And it, you can tell like that's probably a song like she had, uh-huh. you know, in her pocket. Like she's been working on this for years. Yeah, since she was fourteen. And it's a very beautiful song. But uh-huh. then like, there's two versions of it, I guess. Like a band version, like where the band comes in and like you know plays some like detuned guitars to it or whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm like. I'm not feeling that. I and I'm I'm very much a rock person, like a heavy metal person, and like like the little pinch harmonic that like is in it and shit. And I'm like, I just don't I don't feel it. But then like her version where it's just her singing in the piano, I'm like, oh wow, like I love this song. Like I really like I feel something. Like even thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I really want to put that song on. But it shouldn't be called Evanescence. It should just be called Amy Lee. <laughs> Amy Lee Experience or whatever. I, I think, is she a solo artist now? Because I don't hear anything about... I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I hope so. Just because, like, again, I don't want to shit on her because I really, truly believe she's a good singer. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think... Talent was not the issue there. It's just... I, I feel like it was just, this is record companies trying to create the next Linkin Park and, like, let's just create some, like, cringy thing where we have her go out there. And and I don't know if you remember this time period, but there was another band called Flyleaf that had just come out right before they did. Yeah. And I think they were like, oh, well, why don't we try to do Flyleaf like type of thing where like you be the new Flyleaf kind of thing because like you're hotter, you're hotter than the Flyleaf girl. Like let's try mm-hmm. try to put you out there like that. And like it just didn't even work. Like Bad nothing marketing. about it was just like. When you say all that out loud, like it's like that's obviously between before like the Me Too era, where it's just like we got. Oh yeah, they were like putting women out there like objects, and like it was just. It wasn't the Flyleaf girl like sixteen or whatever. The the, the funny thing about Flyleaf is that that girl was like, or that band was like super Christian, like Mm -hmm. Fly. Not to like say like Flyleaf. Oh, Flyleaf was like Kurt Cobain, or like Flyleaf is like Nirvana, but like Flyleaf was at least like authentic. Like it, it was like really like some kids that all came up together and like it actually like the girl from fly Flyleaf, like when she was pregnant like she just left the band she's like well i have a family now i'm done mm. and it was like there's no need for this like i follow my christian values i'm done <laughs> and like <laughs> which is fine I yeah mean. it was just like that's what she wanted to do like she wanted to have a family like it wasn't like some bullshit thing where like it's like i'm gonna be tormented like jonathan davis for the next 50 years <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't that it was never that so like a little shout out to them even though i'm not a flyleaf fan but like you know, I, I recognize the, there's some realness there. So yeah, I mean, like I said, not to shit on everybody. Um, you mentioned Lincoln Park a couple of times, uh-huh. and b- real quick, my feelings about Lincoln Park. I remember when Lincoln Park first came out, 
again, it was on the the heels of, uh, you know, Limp Biscuit really getting big. Yeah. Where it's like, there is like, you know, new metal as a genre is like kind of a blanket term, but you hit the nail on the head where like there's different heads to this monster where like corn is like the dark tormented side, which I love being in that side sometimes. Sometimes there's like the fun fucking, you know, side that Limp rolling, rolling, rolling. I'm a single fucking father. <laughs> <laughs> I beat chlamydia. Yo, chlamydia ain't stopping me. Ooh, ben Stiller, you are my favorite motherfucker. That's the shit I like to hear. <laughs> there's that head, and then there's you know the Lincoln Park head, right? Where you know you got the DJ and you got the rapper, and then you got the you know the screamer or whatever, the tormented <laughs> screamer or whatever. And at first, I didn't like it just because like I felt like it was biting on you know Limp Biscuit and Corn a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of like it just it seemed too glossy to me, right? Now, Metallica, they had, like, this, you know, summer festival called the Summer Sanitarium Tour, you know, where they would just put together, like, all of their favorite acts, you know, as, where I saw Deftones for the first time. That's uh, where I saw, um, you know, a bunch of, you know, great bands. System of a Down, that's the first place I heard of System of a Down when they were, had, like, that song Sugar. Like, that was their only, you know, hit at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so they would just put on their favorite bands. Linkin Park, uh, they were third on that list. I believe Limp Bizkit was co-headlining with Metallica. Um, you know, when we got there, you know, it was empty or sh- arena at this time or football field. And I remember like, you know, making my way up to the front and Lincoln Park was playing. I was like, oh, this is a band I don't like, but I'm going to camp right here just because I know like I'm not going to be able to get to the front any other way while it's you know pretty empty. And I remember like going into that show thinking like, oh, I hate Lincoln Park. But then sitting there and like Chester was literally like maybe like a couple of feet further away than you and I are right now. And him, like, just all, like, 98 pounds of him just, like, screaming his head off. And not just screaming just to scream, but, like, he was, like, every lyric that he was singing, he was feeling that shit. Like, you know, like, when you could tell, like, somebody is, like, in rare form, like, you can tell, like, this dude is, like, putting his soul out there to, like, the 150 people that, you know, had filed in at that time. Yeah. And... Monday morning quarterbacking it, you know, the way this story ends is obviously Chester Bennington ends up committing suicide. Um, at the gym today, I was like, you know what? I'm going to revisit some of those Linkin Park songs because I very much like that was like my turnoff was just like, like you said at the beginning of this episode, like everybody was trying to be like Jonathan Davis where everybody was molested by their father or beat by, you know, a parent or a relative or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. And knowing, you know, that he, you know, suffered from like extreme mental issues and tried to commit suicide a couple of times. Went back and listened to Hybrid Theory, listened to, you know, the the other albums that, you know, came afterwards or whatever. And he's telling you something right there, like how much yeah, pain yeah. and misery he's in. And again, that whole fucking theme that we're talking about today, like that authenticity. That's why Linkin Park blew up is because a lot of people were genuinely feeling him. Linkin Park sold something crazy like 60 million albums yeah i didn't realize that they were that popular no lincoln park was big lincoln park eventually when they were touring with corn like lincoln park was the headliner and corn was the opening act they were big um one of the things when i remember when i was uh i think i was a freshman in high school or something maybe a sophomore in high school when um no i was definitely a freshman in high school when um when uh their first album came out and like that was like the hot album to have like oh man like and i didn't have it because i was just like eh whatever like one step closer it was like okay Mm -hmm. i didn't think it was that big of a deal and then when in between that album and their next album they released um reanimation and which is a remix album of that album 
And reanimation was like fucking amazing. Like reanim, I guarantee you. Like listen to reanimation from start to finish. That thing is like one of those like gems and people and like where it's like that's better than than hybrid theory. Like the remixes, and I still stand by this by the statement I'm about to say. If you're gonna do a remix album, like that's how you fucking do a remix album because none of the songs it wasn't like they just took the same thing and put a different beat under it. Like that to me is like lazy remixing. Mm-hmm. That album, like they had so many amazing guest features. They had like all these like wild producers come out and like remake like actual remix songs t- together. The whole album melts together in a whole different way than than Hybrid Theory did, and it was just like wow, this is really really good, like really fucking good like i i anyone listening to this if you get one thing out of this and you have not heard reanimation by lincoln park go and do it like start to finish they even get like one of like the world's famous like violin players to start off the album to do a oh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah 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 and like that's how they start off the album with like this like violin solo that goes into not yellow cards violinist right? yeah no no (laughs) and like it starts off like beautiful and it ends beautifully it ends again with that violin solo and it's just like damn that's how you fucking do a remix album like Mm -hmm. so many bands do remix albums where it's just like oh now we're gonna get fucking dj lethal to like come in and do like (laughs) and it's just like no that's not good man like this is like how you do it i kind of want to listen to that album right now like of of all these things like that's one of those gems that are just amazing shout out to one of our listeners uh nicole smith bosch you actually was um posted about um hybrid theory I believe today, like saying like, you know, she sung the whole album from start to finish. And I left a little comment. I was like, this, that's synchronicity or something like that. Like this synchronicity, cause that's actually what we're going to be talking about. Like they're going to make a guest appearance tonight on tonight's episode. Oh, definitely. So it's like, that's weird how the world works, but um, shout out to Chester and you know, everybody in Lincoln Park. Cause like, again, that was like one of those bands. Like I had my nose up to at first, but like when you really dig into it, you're like, oh wow, like this is some real shit. Cause there's some real fucking artists in there. Oh, there. definitely. I, I mean, Lincoln Park in general, th- I think they have their ups and downs. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm the biggest Lincoln Park fan. Yeah, like, me either. But like, like, but but I legitimately enjoyed. Um, I forgot what there's uh, Meteora, Meteora. I don't Me- know what Meteora. Yeah, that yeah, album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed that album. I enjoy that album more than I enjoyed Hybrid Theory. I think they're they just grew on their sound like it just sounds mm-hmm. it just sound it actually starts off with like like a broken something like something breaks and it goes mm-hmm. and they take the sound of something breaking and turn it into that which I think is just like fucking badass like they just grew so much so much better on their second album they melded but, everything that was good about like rock and rap like because to me like again oil and water we were talking about Evanescence, like where there like a lot of people during this time period, like they're just trying to shove things together to make them work, you know, to create like, you know, something where it's just like, they took everything thoughtfully and beautifully oh, and put yeah. it in together. It's like, and like, like I said, like, you know, that's to me that that's that other head of the dragon where he was very thoughtful, like emotional. That song, uh, breaking the habit is on that album. Mm, yes. A really underrated Lincoln park song where it's just like, damn, that's like some super, super thoughtful, like, lyrics in that in that song and like i really really enjoy that second album more but if i have to like pick one lincoln park again reanimation to me is just like god damn you guys fucking did an amazing thing and they have that album with jay-z which i think is also very good oh yeah that's right yeah and i'm not a jay-z fan and actually i gets my stamp of approval yeah it's a good album um another another direction i this time period saw was 
kind of like the rise of like the super band or like the the second band for the you know the person and the <laughs> other like band. Stone Temple Pilots being like the band for like a hundred other. Or mm. which one is, is Stone Temple Pilots? Uh, so yeah, I'm glad you said that. So um, the first band on my list that you know goes into this vein is a Velvet Revolver. So you oh, get like yeah. some of the members of Guns N' Roses, Slash, and Duff McKagan, and then you get you know Scott Weiland, you know from Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, they have that big hit Slither, which I really enjoy, you know, because I'm a big fan of both bands. I, but the rest of the album, I didn't really like. Scott Weiland to me, rest in peace. Um, that was one of those guys that you know we just talked about Chester, but Scott Weiland to me, he maybe because he sounds so much like a Jim Morrison, like he I never heard someone hit those notes the way Jim Morrison hit those notes. And he hits them like there's. They have a song called Atlanta on their album number four, mm. and if you go and listen to Atlanta, it's like goddamn, like beautiful, like just one of the fucking like most beautiful things. And he, I remember playing that song, and like my dad was listening to it, and he's like, "Is this the Doors?" And I was like, "No, this is a Whole no, this is not the Doors." He's like, "He sounds like Jim Morrison." And I'm like, "Yeah, he does." In fact, when like they 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 got the Doors, the original Doors band, and like. Scott Weiland came out and did door songs with them. He like sounded like ninety five percent like him, and it was like goddamn. Like I just think he has such a beautiful voice, beautiful lyrics. Another super tortured soul where it was yeah. like addiction was getting to him, depression was getting to him. And that band too, like the beautiful thing about that band, it was like there was a lot of like you know recovering addicts in that band. You know, like Duff McKagan, Slash. You know, they had already seen the light at the under, at the end of the tunnel, and they really came together to make that band work. And to get Scott Weiland on the right, you know, which, which I was, everybody was rooting for that band because every, you know, Guns N' Roses was kind of like a, a band that, you know, went up in the sky and blew up like a firework and then there were no more after two albums, basically, right? So there's a lot of people like, you know, wanting more of Guns N' Roses, but with like a legitimate singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Scott Weiland fit that band perfect. And, you know, there's, I believe it's like a VH1 documentary or something like where they, they go into like the making of like that album where it's just like you, the song Slither again, I think that's like a fucking that during that time period, that's a classic for that time period. The, the rest of the album, not so much, but it's kind of like St. Anger when you go and look at like what was going on behind the scenes, it's like, Oh yeah, no wonder. Like it was hard to get like that magic all the time yeah. when you have like a, a lead singer that keeps falling off the rails and it, it leads right into like the next band. I want to talk about, um, audio slave, same thing, you know, where you get like the remaining members of rage against the machine and Chris Cornell, again, another tortured soul, just like, um, Chester Bennington, who actually commits suicide? It was a good friend of Chester Bennington, yeah. Uh, who you know commits suicide, unfortunately. Uh, but you hear a lot of pain in those songs, you know, like a stone and things like that. But very much like this is like the era of like the Superman. You know, um, a perfect circle comes together. Uh, Foo Fighters. A lot of people don't realize this. Foo Fighters is actually like a a, 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 a super group as well, where it's like leftover members from Nirvana as well as like the punk group, the germs, you know, like th th that's very much, that's what the Foo Fighters are. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they come up and become their own thing later on. But like the, the, to me, like this was like the era of like either the super group or like, you know, the next band for your favorite artist. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really weird time period. I mean, obviously tool was involved in a lawsuit so Tool couldn't come out with any music from mm -hmm. 
from like lateralis up until 10,000 days, which 10,000 days came out in 2006, so it fits right into like this whole time period. It really sticks out like a sore thumb, though, because it sounds... I mean, Tool never really sounds like anything around their time period. No. Um, And I like a perfect circle, but I'm not going to sit... I actually think, like, if I had to pick a perfect circle, Tool, or Pussifer to see live, it's like Pussifer and Tool, to me, are, like, really good Maynard acts, and a perfect circle is just okay. Mm -hmm. Like, they have, like... Every album has, like, five songs, and I'm like, I really enjoy these five songs, and the rest of it's eh. Yeah. And so, like... That's how I feel about a perfect circle. I know some people love a perfect circle, which I think is weird because it's like Tool so much better, Pussifer is so much better. Like, mm-hmm. I can sit and listen to an entire Pussifer album and be like, God damn, this is so much more beautiful than than anything he's done with with a perfect circle. But um, yeah, I mean, you're right. I hadn't thought about those. I didn't put any of those bands in my list of like acts that were happening around that time period. I mean, that that time period was weird, just because. That's still like early ish. I think I was still in high school during this. Those acts were in the thousand ish. Yeah, I mean that's also when like Queens of the Stone Age mm-hmm. was like blowing up, and like Queens of the Stone Age had done their like Rated R album, and then their Songs for the Death album, and I was just like, damn, like these guys are really good. Like, and that's like where it goes into like we're not gonna be all negative about everything. Like there was good music that came out during this time period. It was just like instead of like you know listening to crab radio for it like you kind of got to start digging a little bit and this is like where the internet in my opinion becomes more um valuable as like a resource whereas it was before it was like you relied like on mtv late night mtv yeah yeah to see like something cool like matt pinfield putting you up on game or mtv2 or mtv2 or like the box or you know like a a a college radio station to put you on a game this is like where the internet starts to come out that's how I found, like, you know, Queens of the Stone Age. It was just like, oh, what's this, like, weird video? So there used to be, on MTV2, there used to be, um, like, late night on Saturdays, they would have a, ch- a thing for, like, two hours called Subterranean. Yes, and, I remember that. And Subterranean would play, like, indie stuff, like, experimental stuff. And I was like, god damn. I remember <laughs> making it a point to, like, watch it just because I'd be like, dude, there's some weird shit. I don't even remember the band, but it was just, like, an ambient, like, like noise like dj or something and mm-hmm. the whole music video was like this teddy bear that was like dipped in water and like they kept zooming into like the eyeball of the teddy bear and i was like this is so weird but like at the same time i was like that shit's dope like it, it really made me think like oh there's more to, more to life like more than like what crab radio is playing more than like I, the band that always comes to mind like the shittiest era is like default and i posted their video the wasting my time <laughs> Because I think that that to me is just like ultimate garbage, like next level garbage. Uh, but I, I do want to like, dang, I had a thought earlier and I totally forgot. But anyways, if it's important, it'll come back to me. Um, but there were really good bands that were like coming up around this time period that I just want to like make make note that I mentioned them. Because, you know, from the ashes of At The Drive-In, Mars Volta comes out. And like Mars Volta puts out like one of my favorite albums and like Francis the mute where it's like really changes the game where it's like, to me it changes the game where it's like, dude, this guy's singing in Spanish and English. And it's like, that shit's like, and it's like the, it's like pink Floyd meets like fucking mm. all these different act. Like I just, I, to this day, Francis the mute is just like, God damn, that thing is beautiful. Uh, of course, Cl- glass is one of those other bands that like really like meant, means a lot to me. The Dillinger escape plan. Oh, now I remember, um, as we were talking about like Pussifer and like super groups, I had the soundtrack for um, Underworld and Underworld had, 
I bought it because they had a bunch of Maynard songs on it. It was basically Pussifer. I think there was an Imperfect Circle song on there. Um, but it, for some reason, had a Dillinger Escape Plan song on it. And it, it was the song, the Baby's First Coffin song. And I was just like, dude, this song is like fucking brutal as fuck. And I was not into like like brutal metal at the time. But I was like, this is fucking brutal and I really enjoy it. Like, let me look up this band, see what's going on here. And then I found out like Mike Patton was involved at some point And like that that song was going to be on their upcoming album, Miss Machine, which amazing album. Like that to me is like fucking classic. Like if, if you want to hear some brutal ass metal, like and not like dumb metal, because there's dumb metal out there. Uh, I think Miss Machine by Dillinger Escape Plan is just like, oh man, like classic. And to add on to that, like um, you know, di- you know, digging in the underground or whatever, um, I would say uh, between the Barry Demeeks colors, you said Pink Floyd, like that. I mean, they even make a hint of it at the al- on the album art, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like with the you know the Dark Side of the Moon ish uh, album art. To me, like that's one of my all time favorite albums of all time by a band that I don't necessarily dig that much, but that one album right there is just like, whoa, like that is like a master stroke of art. Yeah. You know what? They basically have, they have a couple of songs and moments that I really enjoy, but I think colors in Alaska to me are like their two albums that I really enjoy the most. So yeah, I I don't know if like down the line, they start turning into like musical, like Olympics, whereas it's like, how crazy can we be? Let's put a country part in here. Let's put a fucking circus sound in here. Like at a point where it's like, dude, calm down. Like it, you know, Alaska didn't have that shit. But like Alaska to me is like a classic and so is colors, but like they, they kind of tire me out sometimes, but I do agree that time period for those, for that band. Very good. Yeah. Um, same thing with like Mastodon, like Mastodon came out around this time period. Yeah. Mastodon, like to me, um, talk about genuine band. Yeah. Like blood mountain came out and that, not only was that a good time period because like we were all hanging out the target era like like mastodon was there and i really 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 enjoyed like blood mountain to me it, it always reminds me of like hanging out with you and eric and like greg and blake and like eating taco bell and like playing mortal Kombat. like really like young innocent times so like that to me very very enjoyable time period and like with with this time period, um, you know, you get like all your breaking Benjamins, your Chevelles, your three days graces or whatever, your click click booms or whatever. And the big thing during this time period, we and I think this was like a conversation we had like on my front lawn a couple of weeks ago, where it's just like every band was like very much anti guitar solos or whatever. And like at a certain point it's just like I mean you know, love guitar solos, don't love guitar solos. It's a big part of, like, rock and a big part of, like, heavy metal. Like, there's something about, you know, even going to, like, jazz, like, where there's, like, a trumpet solo. Like, there's just something about that, like, where you got to let, like, the best musician in the band have his time. You know, Neil Peart, the drummer for fucking Rush, he has to have, like, a, if I don't, if I listen to uh, fucking Rush and I don't hear Neil Peart, like, have, like, one, like, fucking badass moment, or, like, you know, Dave Lombardo from Slayer, like, the drummer from Slayer, I don't hear him have his moment. The best, the best musician, like in the band, have his moment. Then it, it just seems like bl- you're blue balling me a little bit. So like during this time period, you get like a lot of bands like Trivium and or they uh, go super guitar. Well, see, this one of those things. This is, one thing happens and cannot go without being said. The video game Guitar Hero comes out in this time mm-hmm. period, and it really changes the game because all of a sudden, and I agree with you. I think that there's like the Led Zeppelins, like 
put out great guitar solos. Like, there's a lot of bands. Like, some of the Metallica, I think every guitar solo on Ride the Lightning is, like, amazing. Um, there's so many things that I, like, bands that are just like, wow, I can't imagine the song without that guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Then things start happening. Like, I, I had mentioned, like, the I Stand Alone song that has a generic-ass guitar solo. Yeah. <laughs> where it's just like, this doesn't need a guitar solo. Like, I, that to me is, like, people like me where I'm like, I get tired of hearing something that's just formulaic like it's there to be there yeah like verse chorus verse chorus guitar solo and song kind of thing and it's just like come on and i do think that that's kind of like people's tiredness of that like i was really tired of that guitar hero comes around Mm -hmm. and guitar hero brings this love of guitars and guitar solos back again and like everything that was guitar like i remember dragon force had made like all of a sudden dragon force was like a thing (laughs) and it was like damn people like just want to hear like the craziest guitar stuff now because Dragon Force was on. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was on that game, and all of a sudden Dragon Force is popular. Like everything, Tribium was popular. I'm trying to think uh, of like Avenged Sevenfold. That's where I was leading to. Avenged Sevenfold, <laughs> yeah. Like, and I really tried to like Avenged Sevenfold just because, like, again, that's like my bread and butter is Metallica, Pantera. You know those like you know guitar soloish, you know loving bands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamb of God. You know they start re you know, introducing it, but um, Avenged Sevenfold was like the band that was like holding like the fucking Olympic torch for this, like this movement or whatever. And like Backcountry, like when that song came out. It was very much in the midst of like the like disturbed like era where it's like we don't put guitar solos on anything. Yeah. And I remember Backcountry has like a really cool fucking guitar solo with the two guitar players or whatever. But like I just could not get into like their music just because the lead singer, like I could not get into his 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 voice. As well as like again, their music just seemed like it was just like, oh, we're gonna try to sound like uh, uh, Pantera here. We're gonna sound like Guns N' Roses here. Like they even copied and pasted like a whole idea. Um, I think it's called like "I Won't See You Tonight" Part One and Two, which very much ripped off "Suicide Note One and Two from Pantera. They ripped off a lot of like Metallica stuff. So it was very much like a cut and paste band. Like it was yeah, inauthentic. Yeah. yeah, there was some great musicianship in it, but it was just like, God damn it, I can't. I want to like you because like your guitar players are fucking awesome. But it's just like I can't get into it. And that's like to me like where you get like the mastodons where it's just like, oh, we're real musicians here. We're not trying to sound like my like Metallica or whatever. Like we're inspired by them, but like we're, we're doing our own thing. You know, Lamb of God, like they fucking put out their fucking shit. And that's what you this is when you get that whole era of it's called like the the new wave of American heavy metal where it's just like you get like those bands where it's just like we're metal and we're like the new we're the new version of metal we're not trying to rehash 1991 yeah i mean like i think that one of the things that needs to be said about events unfold is they were good looking guys and a lot of that was pushed on them to be like hey why don't we like make i remember they were like one of the last bands i ever remember hearing about being on trl (laughs) and like being like wow like these guys made it on trl and like that to me was just like mind blowing. Like they were getting, they were getting popular like my senior year of high school. And like, I remember like thinking like, what the fuck? Like they're not even good. Like I remember hearing them and I didn't think they were good. I didn't think they were like that heavy. Like it just didn't, didn't jive well with me. And like at that time period, I was like really fucking sick of like everything radio and like commercial and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I was getting really into like heavier things. That's when I had found out about the Dillinger escape plan there was this other band called Every Time I Die that I was like really into. I'm still, I still like those bands, but like 
that's what I was like really into. I was like, holy shit, there's like heavy, heavy as like brutal shit that like that is out there that is very uncompromising. And I, and I, I, I still really enjoy those things. And like, I think that bands like that, I think are like whack. I do remember that time period. Like, I mean, we went to go see Lamb of God and like Gojira, like mm. Gojira was like the opening band. Like that's crazy to, yeah. to, to see now. Cause like Gojira is like pretty damn big now. And I, I love Gojira. Uh, but yeah, another band, like they had their, one of their albums, like their albums were all coming out around that time period. They were like one of the bright spots of the 2000s still today to this day. Like they're still a very good band. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it, but that time period, I'll be honest with you, man. It like, it put a, such a bad taste in my mouth for like, for like rock and metal just because do you remember that band? Like, what are they called? Kill Search Engage. Like, okay, I remember everyone was, like, fucking, like, jerking off to Kill Switch Engage. Like, they were amazing. Like, they had the, that, the, something, the loss of heartache or something like that. That was a big song that they had. And it was, like, on every soundtrack. And, like, I fucking hated that band. Like, to me, that was just, like, it almost sounded like butt rock mixed with, like, that, like, new, like, let's, let's try to be, like, Lamb of God, but, like, butt rock Lamb of God. I dude, I could not get behind that shit. Like at that time, at that time period, I was like tapping out. I was like, you know what? There's like some cool shit going on here, like experimental stuff. Like Flying Lotus was popping off, and like no such thing. And like, it's like I'm just gonna take a break from like rock and metal. And I remember like legitimately thinking like, rock and metal are really not my thing right now. Like mm-hmm. until the next like Dillinger or Deftones album comes out, I'm just gonna like fucking tap out on this shit because there's like cooler shit going on with like experimental like noise music. And that's the big thing too that like. I kind of like appreciate like about like your Lincoln Parks or your Limp Biscuits or even I'll say like your Kid Rocks or whatever where it's just like they're not be- I'll give them credit to to this extent where it's like they're not beholden to one genre where it's like I guess Kid Rock like he, now he's like straight up like country music now I don't even think he like makes like rap rock or whatever anything I think he's like exclusively country which is fine when you get down to it, he wasn't a poor fucking, you know, hillbilly from the South. Like he was a rich kid from <laughs> whatever. But yeah. anyways, like I, I do think that's cool. Like, like what you said, or it's just like, you're not beholden to one genre. Like you got kids that live and die by metal, which is cool. I'm, I'm a big metal head, but there's cool shit happening. Like in hip hop there. I mean, during 2009, 2010, I swear to God, during this time period, every girlfriend that I had, like or a girl I talked to or whatever, like they were into Lady Gaga, and I was like, God damn it, what is this like next like Britney Spears, Madonna wannabe? Mm-hmm. But like, and then this is gonna sound stupid as shit, but like at the same time, I'm like, oh wow, like she's a really good artist. Even like now, like I remember that movie, uh, Star Is Born. I remember telling you guys like on a podcast, I was like, dude, you guys have to watch it's this a great movie. movie. She's a fucking fucking talent. And I remember just like, all right, I'm gonna give this a shot, and I was like, whoa. Like, this is, like, I mean, it's pop music, but it's really good pop music, like fucking ABBA or fucking Ace of Bass, like, type shit. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. disposable at all. And I, I think that's very important to, like, get out of, like, your, your your comfort zone, if you will. Just because, like, you're a metalhead doesn't mean, I mean, for you, doesn't mean you have to fucking listen to Kill Switch Engage. If you're not feeling it, fuck, go put on fucking... <laughs> whatever whatever flying lotus or whatever like to me like that's the beauty of like the internet age now where it's just like you're no longer your click is no longer like the genre that you listen to your click is just like whatever part of the internet you want to live in whatever day you log in i I agree i think that like music is super accessible now 
there's no reason to listen or like what's on the radio like to me that's it's just such a waste to like listen to like radio and like even like like satellite radio like why why the fuck are you listening to this <laughs> who like pays for that who, what the fuck like that, apparently somebody does truck drivers do but um it's just to me it's just like such a fucking waste like why why are you doing this like if you're into music, if you're into like every radio show has like a podcast version of it, anyways. Mm-hmm. Like the Jim Rome show, I never get to sit down from like, like from nine to noon to like listen to him, but he has a podcast now, so I can like listen to him while I'm getting ready for work. So like, to me, that's that's the beauty of the internet, like that you don't have to do, you don't have to. And I've always kind of just, even though I'm like really, really into metal and rock and things like that, like for the most part, like I very much live in like we talked about this in the Patreon where like. It really hit me when I was like listening to uh, Sister, then Sister Crayon, now Rituals of Mine with Tara Lopez, who we had on the podcast. Um, and like, I was very, you know, with the girl that I was dating at the time period and all that whole jazz, like being very like, like oh, if you're if you're into like experimental music, which I was very much into, like Flying Lotus and like No Such Thing and this band Health. Who man, we need to get Health on. Like those guys are always at metal festivals and doing cool shit, and they're funny guys. Um, but like Health does like noise rock electronic metal kind of thing. Like it's like all over the place. Like they're a fucking jumbled up mess of a band, but they make it work. Like that's them. Like they're from like the L.A. underground. Like of being DJs and being punks at the same time. Like punks by day. <laughs> DJs at night kind of thing that's pretty cool. and, and it's like that's that's who they are and they meld those two sounds together and like it works for them and like obviously like if, if I would have been like oh man I'm just, I just I, I, I guess I gotta listen to Kill Switch Engage now cause like that's the new big thing or whatever it is like whatever like not to, for me personally cause I like a lot of Kill Switch Engage not to shit on them but like if you're not feeling it yeah I, I would say don't, don't just because Breaking Benjamin's popping on fucking Crab yeah. Radio doesn't mean you have to listen to Diary of the Jane for the next 15 years. That was one of the songs I had on my list. That shit dude, sucks. fucking hate that shit. Then, that was the ultimate bullshit song. Well, uh, I hate everything about... That Three Days Grace song. I, I had to look up what band it was. They're, so, they're all breaking Benjamin, in my opinion. I think I got all the things I hate out of here. Like, so Default, Wasting My Time was one of the songs I want to talk about. Breaking Benjamin's, Yellow Card, Evanescence, Godsmack, Kid Rock, Stain, Papa Roach. Three Days Grace actually forgot one. Um, so during this whole time period of like the 2000s, there were all these bands with like long names that were also popping off. One of them was the Devil Wars Prada. And like there was also like even more obscure, there was like this thing where like for some reason white kids thought it was funny to like make metal crunk versions of popular rap songs. And uh, the Devil Wars Prada created one of the worst fucking things I've, I've ever heard. Uh, it's, it's a emo crunk version of Stay Fly, and it's just like, dude, just fucking kill yourself, man! Like this shit is not good at all. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I'd also too remember like a lot of bands, like the 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 bands or whatever. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. like the Strokes, the Killers, the Donnas, which I I like the Donnas actually. I just want to point out. The Strokes were really good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not shitting on these bands, but like there was a whole era of this during this time period of, of bands like this. And then to me, like I know I started the episode off with like Creed, and I think it's only fitting because the baby's crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is uh, we end it with probably like the biggest butt rock band of all time, fucking Nickelback. 
Oh, dude, I didn't even think about Nickelback. But yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, what's that song? Um, How you remind me. <laughs> yeah. That I really yeah. And you think you're a man because you hit a woman. <laughs> yeah. Although that's impressive, it doesn't mean much. <laughs> close, close. Yeah. But uh, I think they, they get so much hate just because they they embody everything that sucks about like that type of like inauthentic, like I'm going to wear like leather straps, like on my wrist. Oh, yeah. and- everything I said about that, like that like girl that's like, Oh, I'm going to put on my ACDC shirt. I bought a target and like wear like denim, like with tears on them or whatever mm-hmm. with Converse. Oh God. My shiny new Converse, yeah, that's that's. We had a we had a boss at Target that we used to say like, "You look like the kind of guy that looks listen to Nickelback." He was trying to t- cap on us yeah. during like a meeting, and like my my first snapback was like, "Well, you just look like a guy that listens to Nickelback." And every single day, like I would go into the electron, me and you would both do this, go into like the music section and put on hold <laughs> under his name, like every Nickelback CD we could find. <laughs> Oh, I do remember this. To this day, I still get told by people that work with him currently saying like, dude, he fucking hates you guys because of that. And I'm like, good. Yeah, he sucked, man. (laughs) You Nickelback listening motherfucker. Nickelback to me is just like, I mean, everybody hates Nickelback. Like, they fucking suck. Like, yeah. That How You Remind Me song, I think it was like voted song of the year the year it came out. And it just kind of tells you like the 2000s were bad they were rough but they gave us good bands like system of a down um again tool put out i think probably lateralis like the one of yeah, the best albums Lateral- of all i mean time. these are all like I, I see system of a down to me it was like their self-titled album came out like in the 90s tool was like more of a 90s band like obviously deftones was out there and like doing their thing like yeah i mean i i very much think that the 2000s had bright spots that i'm just like damn like but for every bright spot you had a pod with this is the boom and pod to me honest this is like one of the better like of that shit like i'll pod like you know like pod POD is like that band like they're full of like those like hardcore cholos you can tell they used to like like they're like like when you see like public access like television like where it's like this guy used to gangbang in the 80s and he probably murdered a couple people and he like sniffed but then he found god but then he found jesus and now he wants to, t- like, every moment he wants to tell you how to turn your life around when all you're trying to do is, like, order just a quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, there were some bright spots. But, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so with that said, Art, do you have anything else? Tell you my boo too. Shout out Elizabeth Jackson. Shout out Elizabeth Warren. Shout out every good band that we mentioned. Shout out every guest that we've had on the podcast. Shout out Then Sister Crayon, now um, Rituals of Mine, Tara Lopez, for uh, being... One of the bright spots in the 2000s. And um, that's all I got. Yeah. So with that said, everybody, make sure you go to all of our social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Like we mentioned a couple times during this episode, make sure you go to our Patreon where you get kind of like episodes like this. Like, you know. Yeah, they're a little more laid back. More laid back and, you know, uh, more genuine, (laughs) if you will. Um, but you know, go to patreon.com slash art and Jacob do America, donate $1 and you will get a bonus episode every single week, which ends up being like 25 cents a week. You know, when you donate a dollar a month, uh, the higher up the tiers, the higher the, you know, gifts that we'll send out. You know, we're about to get ready to 
design some more designs and send out some more stickers and swag as we get those things in. Um, but make sure you check out our T Public, where we have all of our official merch. So if you want to rock the Art and Jiggle Do America t-shirt, go there. Um, shout out to our sponsors, Caveman Coffee and El Yucateco Hot Sauce, as well as shout out our official network, uh, the Podbelly Network uh, that we are members of. Uh, if you like this podcast, you should probably hear another great podcast if you like that, like the world-famous Sofa King podcast, the RRBG podcast, Nerds on Topic, uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories, um, as well as, you know, Robots for Eyes. Um, so, you know, go there. Um, but with that said, I'm tired as fuck. I know. I have to go watch uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Me too. My girlfriend's yeah. probably going to be super mad at me because it's late at night right now. She yeah. hates staying up late. So with that said, everybody, God bless. Have a good night. Good night.